Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Praise God. It's good to have all of you here. Welcome today to One Cause Church and Happy Easter to all of you as we celebrate this great day. We celebrate this every day, but today we give some special attention to it because if he's not risen, then our faith is futile. But indeed, he is risen. So our faith is full. Hallelujah. Our faith is real because he's real, because his resurrection is real. So I'm so glad all of you are here. I want you to take your Bibles and turn over to um, 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1. I've titled today's message, For You. And what Jesus experienced in many ways, he did it for you. He did it for you, some of it for you not to experience, and some of it he did for you to experience. All right? He experienced being forsaken by God so that you would never have that experience. He experienced death so that you would experience that. That is the death that he died. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. All right, when he died, so did I. That is my old nature, the old me, the old ways are now crucified with him, and I live now in newness of life, and that comes through resurrection, hallowed through, through his resurrection. And then he ascended into heaven, the scripture says, after he rose from the dead, and he ascended there, and you will also experience that same thing that he did. He did that experience so that you'll experience it. And he is seated at the right hand of God. And my family, Ephesians open, opens us up to this experience, that all of us now in the spirit are seated with him in heavenly places. Marvelous thing. Um, I don't know if you know what this image on the this back wall is. This is a, a picture of what's called the Shroud of Turin. The Shroud of Turin, they believe to be the actual burial, burial cloth of the Lord Jesus Christ. I encourage you to maybe go online and do some research on this. It's really awesome. And there are a lot of things about this burial cloth that, that seem to point to the truth that it was Jesus by the blood marks on um, the image and that the image, the way it was burned into the fabric itself, um, they could not. Um, they could not refabricate what happened here. They believed that that the resurrection of Christ was so powerful that it burned his image on that cloth itself and left it for us to see even to this day. The shroud of Turin. Anyway, of course, um, we have the rep, all these symbols here representing our his death, his burial, and thank God his resurrection when the stone was rolled away. But when Jesus came, 1 Peter chapter 1, let's look at this, verse 20, if we can bring that up on the screen for just a moment. He, it says, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. He was manifest in these last times for you. Well, how was he manifested? Well, he was manifested in this way. God became a man. Jesus Christ was born of a woman. Conceived and born of a woman, conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of a woman. He was born just like you and I are born. Born of a woman. And he grew up just like we grow up. And he learned just like we learned. And he walked and talked and he got tired and he got angry and he was sad sometimes and he laughed and he had all the same experiences in many ways that we do. God became a man because. We were broken, we were lost, we were far, far, far from God. And he, knowing us in that condition, chose not to leave us in that condition. 
knowing that we couldn't do anything to help our relationship with God too. And so God became a man. It's an interesting thing that he would do that, that he would become like us to show that he was here to help us. The fact that he did become a man proved that he was willing to help us and he was totally committed to it. Totally committed to it. That he would experience our experience. And it had to have been amazing. It had to have been initially a scary thing when the shepherds were sitting out on the field that night. When the angel of the Lord showed up, remember what the angel said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. I'm sure they were thinking that this is not what we are expecting from this angel. I, was, I met some guy from, uh, met up with a, a man from our church years ago um, for coffee, and uh, I met him over at Starbucks, and I pulled up in the parking lot, and he was standing in the parking lot already, because he was early, he's the kind of guy who's early everywhere he goes, and he, was, he, had a, he had a cup of coffee, a Starbucks cup, and he was smoking a cigarette. Well, I didn't actually know he smoked, but you know, it was kind of one of those things I wasn't really surprised that, that he did. Well, that doesn't bother me. So I got out of my car, and I'm walking towards him, and he sees me, and he says, oh, you caught me. <laughs> he says, I was going to try to finish this coffee before you got here so I could go buy a second one before you found out. I was like, oh, Oh, that's not what I was thinking at all. They had to have been thinking this angel's coming for war, but this angel came with good news. This angel came with good news. And it said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He's born unto you. What great news this was for us that God... Now would be, his name would be Emmanuel, which means God with us, God amongst us, become like us. God became a man for you. And, and, and he experienced our experience, and he was, the scripture says that he can sympathize with your weakness. He can feel what you feel because he was tempted just like you are, except he did not sin. Yet he did not sin. So Jesus understands it's good to know that he became a man so that he can understand you and that this God who is also a man understands you and prays for you and is on your side and is there speaking on your behalf to his father today, right now, in this moment. What a glorious thing. He became a man for you. And as long as that man is seated next to God, all men have hope. How long is he going to be there, you reckon? He's going to be there a long time, which means we're going to be there a long time. He is our assurance that all men have hope. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says that God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, we were living our life simply for ourselves, not looking for God, not even caring about God. Some were actual enemies of God. Some were just weak in sin. Some were, some were inventing sins. <laughs> but whatever the case, whatever the case, it was in that moment of our going astray that God came to show us, and that proves to us that his goodness is not predicated upon our performance. His goodness comes from the essence of who he is. That he's good despite 
what we do or don't do. He's good because that's who he is. The scripture says God is love. Yes, yeah. Amen. Amen. Christ, this says that Christ died for us. He died for us. He became flesh and blood just like us. And the scripture says he did that so that through death, he had to, he had to put on flesh and blood so that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. And the scripture goes on to say that for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil, all right? He came to conquer the one who was conquering everybody. He came to, to rid, rid the devil of the power of death, hell, and the grave, and he did it by his death. It's important that we know that why he died, that in his death, something powerful was going on. It wasn't just an ordinary death. This was a death of victory. This was a death that brought victory, some of you have experienced death. You've lost loved ones, and, and you didn't see or, or understand the victory that was in that. That is for those who died in Jesus, those who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone who believes on him dies a death of victory. That's why we don't have... And, and that scripture in Hebrews goes on to say that, that we might not be afraid of death anymore. Because when he rendered it of useless, its power useless, then guess what? What is there to be afraid of? Death for us is nothing. We're just stepping over. It's just a threshold to step into another life. Yeah. Right? This, thank God this world isn't everything. And what we, the life in this world is not everything that we're to experience. No, God has given us life to experience from here on for eternity through his son, Amen. Jesus Christ. So that, and, and death is just, just us saying goodbye to this tent and then really living. But he died. Jesus died. And there's victory in that because he said in John chapter 12, he's, he said, the son of man, the hour has come that the son of man must be glorified. The son of man must be glorified. Uh, most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. So what Jesus was teaching us is that I'm a seed. He said that he's teaching us that the father sowed his son a seed called a son, so that when this son dies, no longer will I be the only begotten son of God. When I come out of that grave, I will now be the firstborn among many brethren. There'll be lots of sons come out of this seed called the son. It's a death. He died winning. Hallelujah. And it means that you don't have to fear death. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away reserved for you in heaven. Reserved in heaven for you. Right. How did that happen? Through his resurrection. His resurrection, Jesus was raised from the dead for you. Yeah. Amen. His resurrection gives you and I full assurance of our own personal resurrection. This is glorious. Right. Jesus, the fact that he rose from the dead means you for sure will rise from the dead. Yeah. Without yeah. fail. This is not just his experience. This is all those who are now in him. 
who believe in him. You absolutely. If he didn't rise, then none of us rise. If he didn't die, then our faith is futile. But he did rise, so then we will rise. And that's the, that's, that's the ultimate win over death. Not only in death do we win, but we say goodbye to this body and our spirit goes on to be with Jesus. That's not the final story. No, the scripture says that the Lord himself will, de- will descend from heaven with a shout. I love that he's coming with a shout. And with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. These bodies will come up out of the ground. Hallelujah. And we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air. And thus we will ever be with the Lord. So it's not over for that physical body. Even in death, your body is important to God. And he's not only is saving you spirit and soul, but he's also saving you bodily too. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that we're getting a new body. Aren't you? Hmm? This old man, old Mr. Jones, went limping into the doctor's office. And the doctor uh, said, what's going on? He said, doctor, he said, it hurts so bad to walk. He said, my right knee hurts so bad, I, I just can hardly walk at all. And, and the doctor said, uh, well, Mr. Jones, how old are you? And he said, uh, he said, I'm 98 years old. And he said, well, Mr. Jones, being that you're almost 100 years old, what else do you expect but a sore knee? And he said, well, my left knee's 98 too, and it don't hurt. <laughs> you're going to get a glorified body, one that never wears out, one that never dies, because when you are raised on that day, you're raised for good. Hallelujah. There have been some men raised from the dead. We read about their accounts in the scriptures where Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead who was dead four days. We know that, that Peter raised a little girl from the dead, as did Jesus. Paul raised a guy from the dead. But they all had to die eventually anyway. But when Jesus rose from the dead, he rose never to die again. Hallelujah. To show us that death is swallowed up in victory and life wins. Amen. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Let me just say something to you today, that this resurrection that Jesus experienced is not only for you to experience it after you die and then when he returns, but that experience is for you right now. He has resurrection power for you to know right now because the same spirit that raised him from the dead lives in you right now. Hallelujah. And there are some things in your life that may need to be resurrected. A dream in your heart. A healing in your body. Huh? A struggling marriage. There's things that need to come to life again. A fresh hunger and thirst for God. Whatever it may be, it's available for you now. That day is going to be awesome when we will be raised but it's awesome right now because Jesus didn't rise from the dead so that you just take what life hands you and just cope with things that happen and just hope for the best. No, he gave you better than that. The scripture says that he gives you the victory. Hallelujah. The scripture says that he leads us in triumph. Amen. You're made to win. Praise God. Even after he breathed his last, nailed to that cross, praise God, Jesus Christ got up out of that grave whose body was wrapped in linen and laid in a dark tomb 
he got up. Amen. There's no, there was no hope of getting up, but he got up. After Lazarus had been dead four days, Jesus shows up. And Martha said, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I saw you heal the sick people. I saw that happen. But now he died, and, and, and you're four days late. What the heck happened? And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Hmm? I am the resurrection. That word resurrection is a powerful, it's got a powerful meaning. It means the standing up again and recovery. The standing up again and the recovery. Think about this. Jesus said, I am your stand up again and I am your recovery. Hallelujah. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Listen to me. Don't ever, don't ever let these words come out of your mouth. We all have let them slip from time to time. There's just no way. There's no way. Listen to me. For you to say that is for you to say that there is no Jesus for me in this, point, in this, in this experience. There is no Jesus for me in my situation. But he is in your situation, and he is available for you. He is on your side. And he said, I am the way. I am your stand up again, and I am your recovery. Hallelujah. What is it that you're fighting? What is it that you're struggling with today? Let these words, let these words penetrate your heart. Let them penetrate your mind, your ears, your understanding. I am your stand up again, and I am your recovery. Hallelujah. He is your healer. He's your restorer. Amen. He's the one who prospers you. He's the one that causes you to have good success in life. Amen. Maybe it's a sin. Maybe it's an addiction. Listen to me. Jesus is your stand up again and recover. There's always hope because he is risen. And because he is risen, you can experience his resurrection power right now and from this day forward. Colossians chapter 1. I want to to start. We're going to bring the plane in for landing, all right? We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. And of your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. See, this is what the gospel sounds like, that there is hope laid up for you in heaven. Not that you're some nasty sinner, but that there is hope for you in heaven. There is hope laid up for you in heaven. See, God has done everything necessary on his part to get you there. He's done everything he could do. Jesus Christ became sin that you could become righteousness. He became a curse so that you could be blessed. He became wounded that you could be healed. He became poor that you could be rich. He became the son of man so that you could become a son of God. All right? He did all of that. He did everything necessary. Do you know when you get that wedding invitation in the mail? And then you have to let them know that you're coming by RSVPing? All right? This is your part to heaven. You just have to RSVP. You already have a place there. Your name is sitting, is there on the table for a big feast that we're all going to have together with God. You just got to RSVP. You just got to claim your reservation. How do you claim your reservation? You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe that he died for your sins. You believe that he was buried, and you believe that God raised him from the dead. This gospel is about Jesus, 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 and we all get in on it by faith in his grace. He did everything that was necessary. The former, uh, there was a former director of Christ for the Nations 
uh, Institute where I teach um, great Bible school down in Dallas, and his name is Dutch Sheets, and Dutch Sheets is known all over the world. He's a great author and speaker and, and does all these conferences and things like that. Well, Dutch has a brother by the name of Tim, Dr. Tim Sheets, who pastors the church in Ohio. And Tim Sheets is kind of one of those, um, uh, those adrenaline junkies, all right? He does all the extreme stuff, you know, jumping out of planes and bungee jumping and cliff diving and all that kind of stuff. And he, he has this man in his church who's a heart surgeon, so he asked this heart sur- surgeon if he could be a part of, uh, if he could stand in the room and watch him do a heart surgery sometime. Well, the moment came and the doctor invited him to come and, and watch this woman uh, be worked on. And so Pastor Tim just, he was there in all of his scrubs and he's kind of standing back in the corner observing what's going on as this doctor opens this woman's chest cavity, pulls the heart out and begins doing the re- necessary repair to the heart. When he finishes the procedure of repairing the heart, then he does what they always do. He begins to massage the heart to get it to beat again. The problem was this heart was not responding. And no matter how long he worked on it, there was nothing. Pastor Tim said the doctor didn't act alarmed. He didn't say anything about it, except he could tell something's not going right. As a matter of fact, he was wondering if he, I mean, he was beginning to regret even being there thinking, I might watch this woman die. They tried some other things, more extreme measure to try to get her heart to pump and it wouldn't start. And he said, I watched in amazement as this doctor, I watched this doctor lean down in the woman's ear. And he said to her, Mrs. Johnson, this is your heart surgeon. I have repaired your heart. The surgery was a success. I need you to tell your heart to beat again. And Pastor Tim said, to my amazement, I watched as that heart began to respond and beat again. Listen, God has done everything that's necessary for you. He has fixed your broken situation. He has fixed the sin condition. Hallelujah. He took upon himself the very curse of sin and death. Hallelujah. And all he says to you is, believe. All you got to do is believe. Tell your heart to believe this gospel. Hallelujah. This is where life is. God has made the way. It's grace that has come to us, not anything that we deserved, but because that's what he wanted to give us. That's the beauty of the grace of God. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. He simply gives it freely. Hallelujah. And to all who will call upon the name of the Lord, the scripture says, they will be saved. It's that simple. It's that wonderful. It's that glorious. What a great and loving God we have. That Jesus Christ did this for you, for you, everything. He's so consumed with you. He's obsessed with you. And he did not want to live without you. He does not want to live without you. And will you today believe this good news? Because this good news has the power to save you. The scripture says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together. Lord, thank you for all these precious people here in this place today. Thank you that you've gathered all of us here by your plan, by your purpose. Lord, for this, even for this moment here, God, I know there are some here today who need to trust in you. Some may be trusting you for the very first time, God. I thank you that you receive them. Today, if you're here and you say, I I believe this message. I believe that Christ died for my sins. I believe that he was buried and I believe God raised him from the dead. 
Well, I want to say to you that in that, and by doing that, confessing Jesus as Lord of your life, today you are saved. Today you are a child of God. There's no working for it. There's no doing stuff to get in good graces with God. He already gave you grace. You just have to believe. Then he calls you to a life to walk beside him, to walk along with him. He'll walk along with you. And we do that by faith in him. Maybe today you, you need to dream again. Maybe today you need to just start back again in your faith. You've had some things that have, some difficulties in your life that have felt like they've knocked the air out of you. Felt like you were, there was no hope left to hold on to. There's no reason to look up. There's nothing to look forward to. Let me tell you something, there is. Because with God, there is always hope. When he says your hope is laid up in heaven, what that means is you can have hope every day on this earth. Every day on this earth. In every situation. You can look to him and say, God, I know that you're with me in this. I know you're with me and I know that you have help for me. And if you'll just look to him, let him show you what he can do for you. I mean, really let him show you. Really, truly give it to him. Because he is a very present help in time of need, the scripture says. And remember, he understands you. He gets where you are. And not only does he get where you are, but he wants to take you where he is. I love that Jesus understands where I am. But I also love that he doesn't want me to stay where I am. He's pulling me up to a greater understanding, a greater level of living, a greater love to experience, a greater hope to enjoy. Today, believe today. Believe on him for salvation. Believe on him for hope. Believe on him today for healing. Believe on him for restoring things in your life. He's here for you. He loves you. Believe on him to heal every broken thing, your broken heart. Give it to him. He's a master at mending broken hearts. Lord, we thank you. We thank you today that you are the answer that we've all been looking for. You're their answer, the solution to every problem in our life. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. So we surrender to you. We look to you. We thank you for your help. Thank you that you called us out of darkness and you brought us into your marvelous light. Thank you that you died for our sins. The Lord, most of all, thank you that you did not stay dead. Hallelujah. Thank you that you are alive forevermore. Alive in us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.